1: Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. As you know, it's the greatest Star Trek podcast in the history of Star Trek podcasts. I'm Matt. I'm Andy.
2: And I want to know the reason why.
1: Mm, We all do, Keiko. We all want to know.
0: Keiko needs answers. Oh, Keiko. What's up? I was just saying, Keiko needs answers.
1: I feel a little bit like O'Brien right now, let me tell you. Yeah? I gotta deal with this toddler i don't know how to put to to bed yeah i've got a dog that wants to just hunt squirrels and raccoons and possums and uh my wife's gallivanting across the galaxy at her tennis match
0: wait the tennis match is tonight
1: she's she has practice tonight no practice yeah it's still odd look she's getting it all in before the rain i
0: was like yeah go ahead whatever is it gonna rain that much this this week Atmospheric
1: river, bro. Supposed to have eight and a half inches by next week. Really? Yeah. It's going to be a monsoon. Oh, no. That's Anything gonna... you thought you were going to do tomorrow, you're not doing it.
0: When will it be over?
1: Uh, it's going to be over like Friday, but then the, the next atmospheric river comes in before the end of the weekend.
0: No, that's okay. On Saturday, I was going to go to a, a food Thai thing. Uh, that's outdoors. You should be okay.
1: Okay, great. That's the most. important. Unless thing. the parking lot floods. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really? Uh, for those of you who are not Angelinos, uh, I mean, I don't know if you're saying this is an actual. This is going to be an actual flooding problem because most of the time, it's just like people are losing their fricking minds, and it's and are, oh are well, people lose their minds like if there's like three miles rate. an hour because it's slightly a slight like drizzle.
1: Well, I'd rather have that than I've seen people fucking end up facing the other way on a highway because they don't yeah, know they how don't to deal control. with rain. Yeah. They go too fast. I've seen people. I, I find that people go too fast here.
0: Yeah,
1: for the rain, they don't know how to drive in it.
0: It's both. They either go too slow yeah. or they go too fast. You're correct. I
1: think the too slow people are the people who know how to drive in the rain and are just cautious of the other Angelinos who don't know how to drive in the rain. That so may be like, true. if I can move really slowly, I'll get out of the way of any f- rotating BMWs.
0: There is also a reality out here. Um, thank you for tuning in to our, our traffic and weather broadcast. Uh hey, there is another, we're from where in LA. You guys know. <laughs> there's another reality, which is out here, because it rains so infrequently, then there's more oils on the on the road that when it gets wet, it gets more slick, I've been told.
1: Yeah, it does it well because it d- does absorb. The asphalt out here doesn't absorb the rain, the water, so it ends up sitting on top of it. And it's like, just you're just driving 70 miles an hour on a fucking lake. Yeah. <laughs> it's anyway, really, it's a disaster. Eh, let's run some to and see how people feel about rain in the to times. Okay. Okay. Hey, I said to polls. If it's important
3: to you to know the thoughts of the crew, you gotta take it to marshmallow
4: chip makes you wonder what
1: if you gotta take a T-Pole Take a T-Pole Take a, take a Andy, uh, we're we're, we're polling the audience here regarding last week's episode, which I think was uh, profit and loss. That's that
0: correct. It? That is what it uh, was. We, we liked, liked it. This. We did. Yeah. We gave it a collective eight. I gave it a 7.5. Matt gave it a 9. Oh, baby. Impressive. I'm curious how you come in today. Uh, And then uh, IMDb gave it... uh, You want to guess?
1: 7.25? Jesus, 7.2.
0: Wow, impressive.
1: Uh, I just... I just always, for some reason, can really figure out how the masses who go to IMDb to rate things how they <laughs> yeah. think. It's a weird. It's a weird I don't ability. Even know. Is
0: that? I guess those must be Star Trek fans. Who else is going to bother voting on fuck fucking IMDb? I don't know. I think it just. I think it. I think it. Uh, varies varies. Uh, and then you want to guess the Patreon?
1: Oh, do I ever? Uh, Patreon. They get us. They know how to dance. Okay, we'll we'll go. Uh, see 7-5 seven,
0: 7-7 seven, seven. Very uh, close. Okay Also right, very impressive right. 42% voted for 8 Um And that's it Let's tell them Whether they should Watch this episode
1: Uh Very well Very well mm. Fairly
0: yeah. well
5: Andy Would you have them Watch this episode
0: Fucking hey, Yeah I got Cleveland uh, Fighting and shit Did you recognize the Klingons? Um, no, but one of them was in Voyager, right? They're
1: recurring from the original series.
0: <gasps> really? Yes. Oh, well, one of them I recognized the actor, even though he wasn't a Klingon in the original, Trelane. Well, he was. He played Koloff also.
1: Oh, he also played Koloff. Remember in yeah, Trouble with that. Troubles? I do not yeah.
0: remember. So he was the guy... No, he wasn't the guy who was, who is was, uh who No, he was wasn't Ron Darby. No. Okay. That was he was guy. the
1: uh, you know, the guy in the you know, in the in the in the in the, in the uh, what do you call it? The office. In what's his face's office? Talking to Kirk, you know. You know what
0: I mean? No, I'll wait. He clip.
1: wasn't the officious guy. No, or- he's, the, uh, he's the he's he's the Klingon captain.
0: I remember the other two. I remember the one that was kind of pretending to not be Klingon, and I remember the one that right. was... That uh, was Arn
1: Darvin. Uh-huh. And then the Scotty, the uh, half the quadrant knows it, blah, blah, blah. That's That was not Koloth. That was, uh, I don't know, somebody else? Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm yeah, wondering whatever. if it's the other guy that was in this episode, but I assume that that would have come up. Um maybe. The guy who played Kane and in Buck Rogers. Now nah, he would have been too old then. Um uh, but then the other thing was that uh, I have save these written later, but uh I mean we should save these for the episode, Matt. But the uh but the other guy was in the Voyager episode where we're back in uh in Tuvok's memory in the past. Mm. Mm he's playing the same character. Anyway, I love it. I love that kind of continuation, and I love bringing people back to play uh, Klingons. Or any, Yeah. Or any, uh, species. Matt, would you have them watch this
1: episode? I mean, if it was Andy, I'd say go for it.
0: <laughs> you're going to feel the Klingon part of it.
1: <laughs> really, I would be like, ah, Andy's going to love this episode. If you were like Andy, you're going to love it.
0: That's how I would. That's how I would phrase this. So, so again, you for you overall, just are sort of like, eh, I don't need to see this Klingon crap.
1: Man, that pretty much sums it up. Wow, <laughs> wow. shocked. I'm also like, episode. this is like, they're so fast and loose with with trills. Well, that's it, it. Kills me. It kills me. It's like, what do we make up your mind? You just. What were you saying last week? You weren't saying this last week. What is this now?
0: <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. A lot of people give, gave me crap about, like, that I go deep on trills and everything, and I'm like, what are, I, I'm I'm addressing the things that they are presenting me, and one week they said a different thing they said another week, so I want to know what's going on. <laughs>
1: anyway. All right. Uh, let's go to the Admiral's Club. Sure. hmm hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and join
0: the Admirals Club. Matt, how do they get into the Admirals Club?
1: Leave a five-star review of this here podcast wherever podcasts are sold, and anywhere
0: else for that matter. Yeah, here's uh, I mean, I love how creative you guys are getting. (laughs) This one is from Michelle Fairbanks, who wrote... Uh my Arizona State English class main announcement page this is from that the professor commented on a paper asking what podcast i listening to I listen to I've listened to it since day 1 and then on in this forum for for Arizona State uh, English University English she writes uh, uh, I'm having a very different experience than most people as I live in southern California California it's cold here the temperature changes 30 to 40 degrees every night where I live it will freeze at night we have to cover plants and our fruit trees so they don't freeze and then be in the mid 60s during the day I'm also answering a question about what podcast I listen to here because every Star Trek nerd needs to hear about this amazing podcast Star Trek the next conversation is a deep dive into each episode of Star Trek starting with the next generation highly recommend five stars I love that that's on a college English page Um, then Jarcur1 sent in a proper iTunes review and just said I'm Matt and I'm an admiral (laughs) you are congratulations (laughs) and then uh, the last one it's very interesting. It's from Dan Bond, who says, uh, Hey, and Matt, if I get the honor of getting read online, feel free to, feel free to drop. It. I don't need this. Uh, I first discovered the podcast when you were releasing season four episodes, coinciding with my rewatch of Star Trek Next Generation. Mm. I recognize Matt's name from Nerdist Sidekick. Love the show, Matt. Thanks. Thanks for loving it. And a couple of his other podcasts. I thoroughly enjoy binging your episodes. Uh, I watch the early ones, especially the delightful fumbling with sound cues and the frequent oops-I-did-it-again moments. Recently went back to the beginning, fearing it might be different, but to my delight, it wasn't. I'm currently immersed in the joy of you guys slugging through season two and diving into season three. Goodness, Secunda. Uh, I've been an Admirals (laughs) Club member for quite a while, and with the recent rule changes, I have a submission for you. As a a guest host... On a mm-hmm. movie debate podcast, I gave you a five star rating. Within mm. the podcast, the Real Debaters podcast. So if you Matt could play five stars, I
1: can. That's in. Uh, it's right here. Yeah. Boop, boop boop boop. Listen to a podcast. Of, yeah,
6: that uh, breaks down each episode, and they give a lot of information. Like one of them is a super huge nerd, Matt Myra, and oh, uh, Andy succumbed to
1: do it. Uh, it's called Star Trek. The Next Conversation. I rate it five stars.
0: <laughs> the next conversation. Sirs, you get uh, my I will I love your show. I don't even I mean less new an episode, but the title's amazing.
1: Well they've been doing I've been listening to it Such and they've been doing time. it for uh, seven, eight years now. Wow. So they're already in the middle of Deep Space Nine and so I just reset and went back to the beginning again and it's fun because the format of their show hasn't changed, and they make a lot of so mistakes, true. like sound cues. They've got jingles and stuff, <laughs> and it's always in the wrong spots and stuff like that. I,
0: I respect that because ours are too. I mean, yeah. like versus like, right? Yeah.
1: And they leave it in, and they refuse to edit it. <laughs> <laughs> Utter refusal.
0: <laughs> um, I will say, I someone pointed out the uh, the. Um, uh went uh, just i don't know one of the bits from the early years and gave a time code and i was like oh yeah. i'm curious and so I saying how much they enjoyed it and i went back and i listened to it and uh and just even hearing just snippets from our first season i was like but we don't if you like what we are now this really is the most comforting podcast because there is no change it's from the same the beginning right beginning to the end yeah other than oh then i've Grown less and less able to uh, to cut hails. That is the only difference. Is that the hails have gotten longer and longer. Everything else is exactly the same. They have. That's an interesting.
1: Uh, I guess it'd be pretty easy to look at and track because you 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 write it down. When I was posting them, I wrote it down.
0: Yeah,
1: and then you write it down. So it's right there. I'd like to see the creep up, like a chart of the creep
0: up of the hails. Yeah length you got the time <laughs> don't 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 bother You're right um a lot of that is also off topicing I think our off topicing has got more extreme i will take the bulk of the certainly the responsibility you know what the off
1: topicing i think is is what keeps people coming back you know uh-huh. right
0: that's that's why we're the best
1: uh that's it for the hills hmm well, that was quick. That's not it for the Hales. That's it for the Admirals Club. Sorry. We're going to close the Club, Admirals Club the and head Hales, over so to the President's right. Circle. Here, Here go. we go.
0: Living, living <laughs> up to the, to the hype. <laughs> I've already made a mistake.
7: And <laughs> that was the Admirals Club.
1: The United Federation of Planets
3: President.
0: Right. Matt, do you want to talk to
1: them about Yeah, well I'd love to, Andy. The President Circle That's where the people who love us the most go to get even more of us. That's right. President Circle Patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. If you join us at the President Circle level, not only do you get the most priority one messages of anyone, but you also get extra podcasts. You get a couple of Voyagers mixed in with your enterprises. And, uh, you know, December, we did a Muppet Christmas Carol commentary for some reason, but it exists now. Enjoy that. Uh, and, uh, you know, more fun along the way. We're two months away from Discovery. Look out. More podcasts coming.
4: Uh,
1: <laughs> anyway, Andy picks a comment and discusses what he thinks is the best one or the one that tickles his fancy. And that gets the Christopher Pike Medal of value. Value, Valor? Valor. Val Value.
0: Christopher Pike Medal of Value. Uh <laughs> um,
1: Christopher, Christopher Pike Medal of We are a
0: great value at seventeen oh one. Head on over. <laughs> sign up. Uh this is from co pilot Neil Studd, uh, a.k.a. A.K. Norace's Pieces, um, who says the show really brushes over, this This particular episode, really brushes over Quark's attempted murder of Odo when he swats a fly. <laughs> I mean, he just tries to... He's down for I know, part flies. of me
1: thinks you can't... You can't... You can't kill an Odo by, by impact.
0: Him. Yeah. You can knock him out. You can? I think that's already happened in an episode where something fell on him and knocked him out from the... It's like stones or something. Am I making this up? I don't some, remember that. That seems boulder egregious. Or something fell on him. Well, I mean, it was probably a big boulder. I, yeah, I don't know. This I put this in the trill box. I'm just like I don't I don't know what I don't know what you're saying. As far as I'm concerned, he's a he's a T one thousand. So T one thousand is that what he was?
1: That's what that's what
0: Robert Patrick was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As far as I'm concerned, he's a T one thousand. So.
1: If you're going to tell me he's well, not
0: a T1000, I need that fleshed out for me.
1: The T1000s, I think he's actually better than T1000 because the T1000s, it would take you know, it would take a little bit when you would put a hole in them for them to re, you know, you, you could you could you could stagger them.
0: Whereas you're saying Odo just can instantly. Yeah, I feel like he just is like, go ahead, whatever you got to do. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Well, then he's even more invulnerable kurt onstead of welcome to geek town podcast uh says is a quote from me we should have a theme for closing a vamp i actually did send you guys a vamp theme vamp theme a few months back that was never acknowledged our apologies kurt i thought we did but (laughs) anyway uh can you play let's vamp matthew sure can
7: Vamp. Matt had to go So when he takes the floor Let's vamp
3: Matt's still away So he'll talk some more
1: Let's vamp. Um
0: That's It'll beautiful be a, a lot of my vamping My necessary vamping time If we play probably... <laughs> that You'll come back oh, okay. right by the Here. end of it here comes my son again His previous complaint was that uh, He'd sent him up with What kind of episode, Matt?
7: Uh, I, I need you to submit, the intro
1: <laughs> Wait a second You came out here for me to hit the button To skip the intro to Mickey Mouse Clubhouse?
0: This mm-hmm. is amazing
1: <laughs> But you know how to do that Oh, okay yeah, let's go What did he say? What was the last thing he said? Oh, okay. I'll just go do it. <laughs> what the fuck is happening?
0: So Matt has tried to teach him how to use the remote, and apparently he doesn't. Uh, it hasn't sunk in. He knows how to use the iPad just fine. It should come as no surprise to anyone. And uh, but the thing I love the most about this is that he's truly just using you as his remote.
1: <laughs> I mean, but like, but the I don't want to be bothered. But the with idea this. of like getting up and like not only does he has to he has to exit the house right come outside in the dark right run down the driveway sure and come into my office
4: yeah
0: to tell you to skip to to tell me to skip the intro
1: which is which by the way is definitely over by the time he's come out here (laughs) for sure (laughs) i'm 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 being a bad bad dad right now
0: what does mickey mouse club like these days
1: uh, it's Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. It's a, oh, uh, you know, it's CG. Oh. Um, oh, this sounds horrible
0: already. It's, you know, it's cute. It's for preschoolers. I found, uh, I mean, I found all things Disney just gripping. Um, but uh, when I was growing up, when they would do, they would they would put repeats on of the black and white, you know, 50s. Mickey mm-hmm. Mouse Club. I found it fascinating. It was really held me for some reason. <laughs> Makes no sense. I
1: mean, yeah, it's not surprising.
0: I guess there were cartoons in it too, and stuff like that. They had little. Sometimes
1: features. those old, anything old, sometimes is just you can't take your eyes off it.
0: You want to open up the priority
1: one messages? I guess. I mean, I'm just waiting for my kid to come back out
0: here. What what happens? Oh, we're waiting for. Okay. <laughs> Do you want me to say the uh, our our post <laughs> activity? I feel like they'll be amused. Oh, sure. Go ahead.
1: Andy has kindly agreed to take time out of his Spider-Man schedule. Yeah, to drive me 25 minutes north of Los Angeles to go I'm gonna go get in Dory's car and 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 drive it home with its run flat tire, and uh, then I will try to fix it the next day.
0: I assume I would. I would have to trail behind you. No, I'm kind of like just go. Are you sure you can get home
1: though? Yeah, I'm just. I think I'm just gonna take because it'll be nighttime. I'm just gonna take Ventura. You know what I mean?
0: Well, call me if you want me to come back and get you.
1: Yeah, yeah. and then if you get home and settle into a nice Spider-Man, I'll be like, Hey, uh, I'm stuck outside Universal Studios. Henry's here, everybody.
7: <laughs> I don't want this one, actually.
1: Oh, tell- what, what is the problem?
7: I don't want this one, actually.
2: You
1: don't want this episode? Uh, what is it? Tell me what the episode is. Uh, the
7: band one.
1: The band one? But With the kazoo's?
7: It's because I wanted a different season.
1: Oh, what season of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse do you want?
2: Season one,
1: mm-hmm.
2: episode
1: three. Episode three. Okay.
0: This this kid sounds like he's ready to do a Mickey Mouse All Clubhouse right. uh, podcast. All
1: right, I'll be in there in a second. Um, hang on one second, Andy. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to. I'll be back. But here, after this, why don't you start doing your thing?
7: <laughs> I apologize for this Let's vamp Matt had to go So when he takes the floor Let's vamp Matt's still away So
3: he'll talk some more
0: that's fun. So, um, I'm, uh, I'm playing the Spider-Man game, and uh, I'm really enjoying it, and it was all that uh, that hubbub that I caused about... Uh, but you know what? Here, about getting nauseous with certain video game engines, which is accurate, but a lot of your suggestions were about... Um, you know, leaving I don't know if leaving the lights on, because I used to be in the dark up close, because I really wanted it to be immersive uh, with my big screen. And, uh, and now I push my chair all the way back away from the screen. I leave the lights on, and I think that may have solved it entirely. Uh, I also think I may have overstated my nausea because I was fighting Kingpin inside, I think, at the beginning. I think that's how the first one starts. So I think that, that helps. And also, to be honest with you, I wasn't used to this game's version of web swinging. I had done the Activision versions, and uh, it was different. So I had to get used to it. Like a superhero would have to get used to different kinds of web swinging. Or, you know, different forms of travel. Or, if, or if Spider-Man even... I bet you there's an adjustment period, uh, you know, when Spider-Man got his, uh, his black outfit... Uh, I bet you Spider-Man had to adjust to that before he was used to that web swinging. Whatever the case, if you're having trouble, push yourself back from the screen, turn on the lights, and um, maybe that'll help. But I really That's good advice. It's it. very good advice. I can't imagine all the civilians that are going to be in danger tonight because I won't be able to get back to the city to protect <laughs> it while I'm driving Matt up to Van Nuys. Look, you—you you, you probably spent too much time in Brooklyn
1: anyway. Forgetting about the other boroughs.
0: <laughs> I'm not allowed to go to Brooklyn in this one. What, are you playing the first one? Yeah, I, you already asked oh, me this. right. Yeah, we ta- like we, d- we talked about this. Oh, yes. cool. You can go to Brooklyn in the next one? That's great. Mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying just going around my old neighborhood, though. It's My, my, my get, house get, isn't there, but I uh, really enjoy it. I get news for you. What?
1: I think the first one's better than the second one.
0: You know... I'm starting to wonder. It feels like they spent a lot of chips. I'm already like halfway through the game. It seems like they're spending a lot of big, big money right. chips yeah. in terms yeah. of characters. I don't know yeah. what they're going to do in
1: the second one.
0: Yeah, <laughs> which well, I, think I think
1: that that's part of the problem. I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anywho. Uh. Did you open up the priority priority one messages? I don't even remember. I did. Okay.
1: Well. No, I didn't officially, because Henry came right in at that exact moment. Right. <sighs> Dory's
0: going to kill me. It's just, it's I feel work. like it evens out. Dory's the one that kind of screwed up the car in the first place. No shit. So I feel like it's even Steven. You're driving up there to correct her mistake.
1: Oh, I'm talking about this...
5: Yeah. Henry being
0: away. I understand, but this oh, situation, see. if you go oh, back. Obviously. A um, logic style. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, let's do some priority one messages.
2: Captain, incoming message. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured
0: channel. Rudicio, sauteed but not steamed. I'm pronouncing that wrong, aren't I? God knows I love the chaotic nature of the podcast, but I'm so confused by the placement of the poll. guys. With all the love in the world, please move. Would you have them watch this episode back to the top and move the poll about last week's episode down to the discussion about last week's episode, pretty please? I mean, valid. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. It's up to you. You're the one that made made that call in the first place, and you you can make the call. Well, doesn't it make sense? Because we're talking about. Never mind. I don't care. This week's
1: episode, I guess it is less of a break shift. Because when we say what we're. If you would like this episode, we then talk about the previous week's episode. Uh huh. Before getting back into this week's episode. So, talking about the previous week's episode. Then seeing if they want to watch this episode, followed by talking about that episode again, that's a pretty good point. I mean, it is a good point. So
0: I think we can do it. I think we can make that happen. My other question. Can we remember, though? I don't know. I have have 25% more faith in myself than you on this issue, but that's Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Since you're at zero, then. (laughs) We're going to (laughs) try. Uh, and then he also says another big elephant in the room that I know we all want to address. Whatever happened to the B facts segment? Thanks a lot, of love. <laughs> I think whoever it was, That was making B facts stop sending them in. I think that's what happened. <laughs> uh, secret hell to or maybe Matt, did, you know, made a proclamation. Who knows? I don't even remember what you're talking about. I think there was at some point someone was we made some offhand reference to bees. Who knows? And then <laughs> someone started to send B Facts. That sounds right. So I started sure to read okay. them. Who, who can remember? Uh, secret hail to a Russian operative through underscore TNC underscore back channels. Um, finally, I've been bugging Andy about the B Oh, this is in response to that. I've been bugging Andy about the B segment forever. Could have really brought some flavor to the pod. Honey flavor. Sorry. Honey flavor. Peace. I get it. Gil Renberg says, a thought experiment. A Trill symbiont needs a host. Only Matt and Andy are available. Who is chosen? That's, that's a tough call. Ben Plavin's theory is Matt, but only because Andy would unnecessarily volunteer all the reasons he's not worthy. And then David S., the homework-stealing Vulcan, says, I feel like Andy would constantly be asking how his symbiote uh, is asking a symbiont how things work with the whole <laughs> joining thing even after being joined to drive it crazy. <laughs> On the plus side, it would be able to eat whatever it wanted and not gain weight. I gain weight. I got to do. I got to, you know. I basically have a functional eating disorder, guys. <laughs> I mean, um, functional eating disorder and a thin face. Those are the two keys. <laughs> the rest of me is not in great shape. But yes, I would I would be joined with something I mean, this is a question If I, When I was joined with the Symbiont Would I instantly have access to everything it thought And all of its memories? These are the questions that are so unclear If I would, then I would have no questions Alright I did that one Mike's on bikes Has uh, in quotes Implied wormhole use Unquote <laughs> kind of a sly-looking face. That one had a lot of love. Um, this is a spoiler for Disco. Um, I think season three-ish. I don't remember which one it was at this point. Uh, Eric Peebles. So if you want to, you don't want to hear it, skip ahead. Eric Peebles says, uh, "Come on now, Disco season four is going to be great. It's a galactic treasure hunt. The treasure is our feelings." <laughs> 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 Uh, and then co-pilot Neil Studd also says, "Also, they only they reshot only a handful of scenes for the finale after deciding that the show was wrapping." So you just know there's going to be a super satisfying and earned conclusion. And then Eric Peebles <laughs> says uh, they added twenty percent more whisper crying. And co-pilot Neil Stud says, uh, <laughs> it's a quote, Michael Burnham never returned home." <laughs> <laughs> <Really> great. <laughs> Uh, great reference. Pizza Pepperoni Hot. Fantastic. Fantastic um, Patreon name, pal. Uh, says, uh, I can't wait for the big reveal. The whole series has just been one of Janeway's trashy romance hollow novels. <laughs> um, that, that, would, that would be so funny. Let's see. Sandra B. says much as I love air supply, we had a long air supply digression. The 70s were brilliant. Harry Nielsen's mm-hmm. Without You is the best one. Winky face. A lot of people also wrote in about that. It is a good
1: um, one. Yeah, but it's no air supply. So
0: When are we going to go see your air supply? Tonight? When are we going
1: to <laughs> go see air supply is a great question.
0: How can you not... Uh, it's just, Every morning, I wake up and I think that Wendell Kimper says, ship's linguist, fin- fin- phonetician here? Phonetician here? How do you say that? Phonetics. Uh, I'll go with however it is you were saying it. As you age, oh, this, so this is all about the question of whether you lose your voice when you get old. As you age, your vocal folds gradually accumulate damage slash scarring and generally become stiffer and less supple, hitting high notes involved, stretching the muscles of the vocal folds. Things like smoking, shouting, belting without protective technique, frequent coughing, etc., can accelerate that damage, especially the delicate outer layer, which is the only uh, part actually vibrating in falsetto and, quote, head voice. Someone like Mariah Carey will go to great lengths, both in terms of protective technique and lifestyle, to take care of her vocal folds. Every day, wear and inflammation will still accumulate, but that five-octave range should have pretty good longevity. This is why classically trained opera singers tend to preserve range longer than rock-pop singers. Check out this recording of a, of a Magda <laughs> Olivero. We don't need to hear it right now, but it's there if you want it. At age 96. Impressive. Hormonal changes later in life might potentially there's scientific disagreement about this influence the lubrication of the mucus mucusal, mucosal mucus mucosal tissue that uh, makes up the outer layer of the vocal folds which could impact range typical age-related decline in muscle strength shouldn't have that much of an impact for trained practicing singers but would limit accessible range in non-singers who aren't routinely working those muscles. Specific conditions like Parkinson's or strokes can have a huge impact. The larynx also does the crucial job of preventing fluid from entering the lungs, so aspiration pneumonia becomes a serious concern if precise muscle control is compromised. I'm not a speech pathologist, but the work they do literally saves lives, not just voices.
4: Hmm.
0: Uh Orn Pauldorf says quote, never change is on the Mount Rushmore of backhanded compliments. <laughs> uh, and we get it a lot Orin Lieutenant uh,
1: Camp? <laughs> Henry Henry the other day goes uh, Dory did something And Henry goes Classic mama <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did he get that from you? Yeah <laughs> Um, I wonder who you were using it about uh, I, we,
1: I used it about everybody Everybody <laughs> in the house Classic mama <laughs> classic Henry classic mama
0: <laughs> lieutenant can't did he use it correctly yes oh, wow I okay. can see that's that's a uh, kid who's uh, gonna be in the arts somehow possibly comedy. oh
1: my god the other thing that he said that cracked me up yeah
0: this <laughs> I was gonna of have coffee, coffee but since I'm driving to Ventura afterwards <laughs> now I'm gonna have some
1: <laughs> um one of his uh school buddies uh, got a haircut, his and the, the mother told Dory that he wanted a quote unquote Bruce Wayne haircut. Uh-huh. And the picture that Dory showed me of the kid just looked like he had not gotten a haircut whatsoever, and his hair was just slicked to the side a little bit, and that was his haircut. And I was like, at dinner that night, we we're talking, and I said to Henry's, like, "Hey, so uh, your friend." Uh, said he wanted a Bruce Wayne haircut. Uh, He looked at me and he goes, it did not work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. Uh, Okay, Lieutenant Camp, Pike Metal alumni, uh, clarifies for us. Mary Crosby is Bing Crosby's daughter by his second wife, while Denise is his granddaughter through his son by his first wife. So Mary is Denise's aunt, but weirdly is two years younger due to the 30-year age difference between Bing and his second wife. Mm. Uh, Why would Natima be into Quark? This is a separate question.
7: Um, (laughs) Is that it? I love it.
0: Has she not seen his (laughs) attitude toward women? We might be able to argue that he's actually progressive by Frankie standards and the misogyny shtick is an act, but we've seen it isn't, like how he harasses his female employees and so on. Natima seems to be a feminist thinker, and we've also seen Cardassian attitudes towards women are far more egalitarian. So she's either she either has really bad taste in men or it was just Armin's turn to get the kiss this week. I think you're all just you're just being rude.
1: To Quark.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm on.
1: I'm on. I think Quark puts on side. a show. You know,
0: I I don't think that's accurate because of exactly the example that he came up with. I think they decided they 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 retconned at a certain point to be like, no, he's lovable. He's not really. He's he's just sort of a rascal. He's he wouldn't really take advantage sexual advantage of anybody. And then he's a rascal. That's exactly right. Um. I don't know. This is a rewriting. Ben Plavin also says, if anyone on DS9 is the Barkley, it's Rom, lovable, awkward goofball, who may be an idiot or a genius. That's Rom to a T. Classic Rom, I say. Uh, but maybe you haven't seen enough of him yet. We haven't seen enough Rom yet. He does we seem will. like He's the Barkley. Uh, based on that evaluation. Oliver Bundy says, your discussion of Nurse Ogawa reminded me that I was pleasantly surprised to see Patty Yasutake, the actress who plays uh, Ogawa, have a substantial role in Netflix's Beef. And yes, I said to myself, I know her from something big. (laughs) Uh, That's nice. I'm glad that she was in Beef. Um, Maybe we'll go through the whole Patty... Yasutake Filmography At some point I cannot wait Till we get to beef <laughs> <laughs> He's been putting it off Just for this
1: podcast I mean I gotta I gotta close The Stephen Yoon anthology I gotta get it all in
0: <laughs> uh, Joshua Benedum Says uh, Seems like a new ma- new name Welcome Or just Welcome to commenting The multiple turns With Garrick At the end Gave me whiplash Quark was awfully quick to forgive him, considering the only reason Garrick didn't kill him and the love of his life was because a random Cardassian gull shows up and interrupted him. Um, I think, You're not wrong. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a great point.
1: But I feel like somehow that's a rule of acquisition. You know, <laughs> like when a, when acquiring an out in a situation, <laughs> you have to forgive past wrongs or that something. Does seem, you know that I mean? does seem
0: like it something seems, a Frankie would yeah. say. Yeah. Don't harm a deal with past grudges. <laughs> right, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Polite Elliot says, Andy's very curious about how Trill work. Uh, Andy, if you were part of Starfleet, would you like to be posted to Trill? And Matt, which empire planet would you like to be posted to? I don't think my fascination with Trill makes it such that I would actually want to be on Trill but <laughs> but I am interested
1: Matt, um, Coruscant <laughs> that's the question right like what empire planet I want to be on <laughs> it's empire slash planet <laughs> oh I see I see I thought it was like, which planet under the control of the Imperial Empire would I want to be at? Right, reasonable,
0: reasonable.
1: I mean, I, you got to assume. I, what I'm saying, why I'm saying Coruscant is, I think I'd have like a get a nice like penthouse apartment. Oh, Of course, you know,
0: with one of those crazy views. And, all those and I would get by. to
1: go uh, hang out at that diner, you know, <laughs> that 50s aspired so diner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Makes me so mad. Although that is the... Wait, is that, is that where Obi-Wan finally starts acting like what we would want him to act like? And he tells the guy to go change your life and never smoke again? Yes. Right, so that was, it was maybe the best joke in all the prequels. <laughs> and what the whole thing should have been like. BS. <laughs> just, dumb, just jokes. Dumb just jokes. Ju- juice, do you want to give us a, a Star Trek planet you'd want to
1: live? us? Oh, a Star Trek planet I'd want to
0: live on? Earth. <laughs> you really just want to watch star trek you do not want to live star
1: trek no i'd be happy to have i'd be happy to live in 24th century earth i'd be like
4: yeah
1: you know it seemed pretty cool you walk through all those transporter doors and they beam you to where you're going
0: i guess that's true i don't know it never never seems appealing to me in all, any of the versions i've seen except when you go to vasquez rocks you gotta somewhat for some reason
1: take a shuttle
0: whatever oh, yeah, that's a good question Um uh, juiced lewitan says you can give me the the phonetic spelling if you want me to say it right while andy's incessant questions about the trill are entertaining oh this was the uh this was the one uh are entertaining i do think this mentality that leads to the over explaining that goes on in modern media I, uh, I much prefer shows or movies that leave stuff to the imagination. I want a show to give me enough information to enable me to form an idea of how something might work. I don't need it to be to explain all the way. Case in point, the original Star Wars trilogy, right, right on point, which gives you enough information to imagine what the Force might be and what you might be able to do with it without re- ever really defining it. Uh, watching DS9 as a kid, I always felt that the alienness of the trill and the difficulty of fathoming what it might be like to be joined added to the enjoyability of the show. I think you are right, Juiced, in ter- certainly in terms of modern media, and I think you're probably right to a large degree. Uh, um, I, I, my brain is, is such that I love to kind of analyze it and pick it apart. Uh, I will make a distinction between the force is sort of set up to me, and I think this is why people accepted it as kind of a spiritual or magical or, you know, unknowable power um, that has sort of a religious undertone to it somehow. Um, which is why when he made it into a completely scientific, dumb explanation. It was just like, what? What are you doing? We don't need that. (laughs) Whereas with the trill and it being in Star Trek, it feels like you're having enough things happen and having enough themes be raised. For example, in the episode we're about to watch, where it's like, I, I appreciate the statement of past hosts aren't held to the deals that past hosts made... Is important in this episode because we have to know whether uh, Jedzia is making a decision that she has to, or making a decision that she's choosing to. For example, so I think often it's the exploration is necessary and an eventual explanation. It's not always necessary with the with the speed with which I am demanding it. So I'll accept that. Um. Denise from New York, says the thing to remember about Cardassians is that they are all spies. Nothing that they say can ever be really confirmed as true, except in extreme circumstances of emotional turmoil. They are too unknowable and shady. They are all onions, just layers of lies. And that's their government, too. The other thing to know about Cardassians... Hang on, there's a small being running towards my office right now. ...is that they are the best. I love them and how villainous they are, and Garrick is my favorite. Also, Andy asked where in New York I am. I'm in Ridgewood, Queens. Um, I know it well. I wonder how yeah, far that I is I don't from.
7: want the next one. Oh, this
1: one, Andy. This time he's gotten better. Now he's brought the remote out.
0: Oh, is he going to have you show him how to use it?
1: Nope.
0: He's just saying, "Hey, remote jockey.
1: <laughs> you want me to go in there and use the remote? Okay. Um, do you need a vamp?"
0: <laughs> or no i don't need the title so
1: okay i'll be back
0: <laughs> oh, that would have been comedically sound. <coughs> if it's important to you to know the thoughts of the crew you gotta take a tipple if a marshmallow tiff makes you wonder what if you gotta take a tipple take a tipple i'm shocked that i remembered all the lyrics uh, I don't even remember what the last thing was. Live long into to pull. Um. So yeah, the uh, the new. Th- so anyway, if, I conquered the uh, the nausea issue with Spider Man, but here's the uh, here's the uh, the new problem um, because I'm so into the Spider Man game, and I'm really do trying to do a clean sweep. I'm doing all the little side quests, etc. Um. It goes so late because you know the game's so good at like, but there's somebody else in trouble. You have to help this other person. I'm like, well, I gotta help that other person <laughs> um, that have been going later and later. And then the larger problem is uh, then I can't get to sleep. I'm too jacked up from my web swinging. I don't know how Spider-Man did it, frankly. He he used to use it to blow off steam. Peter Parker did. Well, well, how would he get to sleep later? Particularly if he'd been in a big fight, but even just swinging around the city—that's my take. Um. Okay, now we're in the area where you really, uh, we really can't get into the darkness of my soul because my my easy vamp is uh is over. <laughs> um, I've been evaluating a lot. <laughs> where i am in my life (laughs) uh i had friends go to sundance and uh, and god bless them that was always sort of my dream kind of do a do a uh do a genre film that's sort of still worthy of sundance get into the get into the the spectrum of those kind of filmmakers maybe maybe you know be in contention for one of the marvel things um oh here's a side uh here's a a side uh thing that i can kind of this should probably be behind the behind the uh the wall but um the paywall but uh i ran into tony Newsome at a, <laughs> at a at a party and uh, we had a delightful conversation uh, i was upfront about uh uh you know that i have a star trek podcast um and uh Jessica Gao was uh who, who created She Hulk um created the She Hulk TV show um was uh, standing next to her and they're close friends and uh, apparently uh Tony is always uh trying to open up conversations about Star Trek to uh Jessica and Jessica's like, not having it she's a, she's definitely one of us she's she's a is definitely a geek uh on, on many levels But Star Trek is just one of her areas That she doesn't She's not uh, uh, knowledgeable on um, And so I, I said Oh can I just ask one or one or two I kept asking questions And Tony was very We were really getting into it But uh, Jessica was just like Oh my god what is happening <laughs> Like I don't know what to tell you <laughs> I got a Star Trek podcast I was telling them That I uh, met Tony Newsom at a party and uh, lower, lower Decks.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And uh, in answer I like, to, the, I that name? to the question that is uh, probably on most of your names who uh, who are members of the Patreon, and that's why this should probably be behind the Patreon wall, she asked me directly, uh, have you seen a lot of new Star Trek? And uh, I went, No. <laughs> <laughs> That was not a conversation that I wanted to get into. <laughs> uh that was a great uh that was a great dodge. I love it. Oh, she said well she didn't say had you seen it. She said have you covered it? And I said no. Which ah. a, was an outright lie. Ah, I mean publicly we have it. <laughs> In the That's Patreon, true. sure. Yeah. It's different. Um anyhow. Uh everything okay with Henry? Yes. I put him.
1: I put whatever the fuck episode he wanted to watch on. And I should be good to, for a guy. I don't even know how long. Now, do you think we'll this
0: see. is legitimately like, I don't like this one. Or do you think he's like, I want to go talk to dead? Uh,
1: I think it's legitimately he doesn't like it. Yeah. Because if it was like ones that he wanted to watch, he would just keep watching.
0: Yeah. He's just so into watching non-linearly now that it's just like... It's sure. a He's ass. a child of the modern age. I wonder mm-hmm. if that if that, in the end is what kills our job faster than the streaming and all the other stuff. That nobody wants I to mean, watch a full thing. AI will kill our job before anything else. Well, hopefully it'll make us nice breakfast. The lamest cue, Tom Casey, says in Klingon culture, would tri- Trill symbionts be considered a delicacy? question Um, let's see Ben Plyvan also says one of the reasons I love this episode is that it treats Quark like a leading man I can't think of another drama that would give us this kind of story and dialogue to a short bald guy uh, especially one who is basically playing the comic relief of the show that is true
1: Um, there's a lot of Sopranos episodes about Christopher I think Quark is Christopher I mean Matosanti of the Sopranos in case anyone's wondering what
0: I, I mean that's about. true theoretically also Tony is a a bald fat guy so it's so true and he's the he's the central and romantic lead one might argue depending mm. on how you feel about his romantic plot lines <laughs>
1: um I mean have you seen what it's like to be married to fucking Carmella I mean Jesus Christ
0: <laughs> oh, she seemed like she was pretty reasonable
1: I <laughs> <laughs> can't get it. yap 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 You know what
0: I mean? I don't know. I feel like she was actually pretty... pretty I'll
1: forgiving. be at
0: the <laughs> Uh Andy Adams uh, says... CMO, Shuttlecraft, USS Janolan. I thought that this was one of the great Garrick episodes, and honestly, I can't really think of any bad Garrick episodes. I always gush on him because he's one of my favorite characters, the perfect representation of Deep Space Nine, in that, unlike the majority of TNG things in the real world are rarely black and white. The rest of the galaxy isn't a utopia like the federation is supposed to be. There are thousands of shades of gray in the rest of the alpha beta quadrants. Garrick is definitely one of those shades. Two lines that always struck me as stuck out, sorry, as the best way to describe Garrick. I don't think they're spoilers. Please correct me if I'm wrong. He says, never never tell the same lie twice and never tell a truth The truth when a lie will do. If those two lines don't perfectly represent Garrick, I don't know what does. There are some upcoming episodes that will shed more light on our favorite Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. I can't wait for Andy to hear Andy and Matt's take. I know the guys are not fans of the novelizations, but Andrew Robinson actually wrote a Star Trek book that told Garrick's story and filled in a lot of blanks. That sounds like so much fun. It's worth uh, at least reading the detailed breakdown after you see all seven, seven seasons of DS9. Guys, remember, remind us. I would like to circle back to that. Um, maybe do it like two chapters a week on the Patreon. Because I don't think I could handle more than that. Like or two chapters <laughs> So you just want to treat
1: it like a book report, essentially. Every Basically,
0: week. yeah. Yeah. We're not readers, guys. We're watchers. Opus <laughs> Sander says, here's my take on the show. Uh, DS9 is at its weakest when they are exploring strange new worlds, seeking out new life and new civilizations, or boldly going where no one has gone before. D S be Hang sure. on a second, fucking kid. Oh really? Do you want to stop yeah. tape or?
1: He thinks it's very funny now. I
0: well, mean, he what? can participate if you want to give him headphones.
7: <coughs> I'm coughing. Yeah. But do, I'm cough medicine?
0: do I think you should take cough medicine? Mm-hmm. No.
1: Okay, bro Okay, bro
0: He <laughs> <laughs> really can't. wants to get into that cough medicine <laughs> I think You have a separate problem on your hands, Matt Come on, bro Give me some cough medicine
1: <laughs> I just like I Did he let Bo out? He should not
0: have let Bo out We go much longer Give me more chaos. interruptions It's going to be on you to edit some of this um, Andy the astrophysicist, Pink Crosby, come on, <laughs> he's pitching it. Uh, two hours and ten minutes in your profit and loss podcast. I hadn't really heard Mary Crosby sound like Denise at all, but the way she says "phaser" just after she shoots quark really reminded me of Tasha Yar. Hmm. I guess that's when she went uh, "phaser." <laughs> Kieran O'Sullivan says, I didn't notice this on First Watch. Watch." I'm the quintessential podcaster. Uh, But at the uh, start, Garrick and Bashir are debating whether General Yuri should have executed his brother for treason to protect the state or not. Bashir says you have to be loyal to yourself before you can be loyal to another. Garrick disagrees. To Bashir, that makes Garrick seem like a cold, heartless cynic. But we know family is very important to Cardassians, so sacrificing your brother would be very significant. Later in the episode, a similar situation plays out where Garrick has to choose where his loyalties lie. If he follows the High Command's orders, he's only doing it because he wants to be freed from exile, which is truthfully just being loyal to himself. Or he can help the rebels and be loyal to his, wor- to his world. But it means a great sacrifice to himself because he will remain in exile. Looking back to the start of the episode, it seems like Garrick's position on General Yuri wasn't truly that it would be loyal to the state, but that he would make the sacrifice of losing his brother to be loyal to his people. Also it was interesting that Garrick actually said to Bashir, Maybe I'm an outcast spy, though he then denies he said he was an he was either a spy or outcast, and at the end Gulteran essentially confirms that he is indeed an outcast spy. Is Garrick letting Bashir peek behind the curtain?
1: You got more Henry problems? Their friendship is unique. Hang on, I gotta get my dog.
0: Fucking Um. Yeah, it's a shame. I would like to have Tony on uh, on the podcast. She's also a very successful podcaster herself. More than us. Um, But she was a delight. And she's writing, I think probably you guys know this, and I didn't know it, on the uh, Starfleet Academy show. Um, So she must be incredibly useful in that room, because she's so funny. Um, Good people. I'm going to go ahead and read a couple of hails. This guy doesn't need to hear everything. He's thinking about his kid anyway. Who cares? Or should I not? Should I keep vamping? This is the question. <laughs> and I know there's a percentage. This is why I'd be a terrible politician. The percentage of you that would want me to keep vamping The percentage of you that would just want to get, get on with it. Hey. Mm. Uh, we're done with the Priority One messages. Uh, right. Oh, wait. Jeremy Specter says, I always assumed that Garrick knew that Toran would show up. And that this was his plan all along I never thought Garrick changed his mind And this was something that occurred to me in that episode Was like From what I've seen about Garrick It always seems like he's two steps ahead So did he know That this guy would show up Although that guy's move was so stupid He would really have to be like He's going to show up for no reason uh, by himself, no, by no himself. witnesses. Yes, and he's going to he's going to step in before I kill Quark. <laughs>
1: It'll be great, Quark. You're going to be fine. What?
0: Uh, that's it for the hail for the priority one messages. All right.
4: Captain,
8: we
3: are being hailed.
0: Okay, uh, we have a voice hail. Can you play Sukinko One, number one? Mm-hmm.
7: Hey Matt and Andy, this is Lieutenant Mike Tsukinko. Just uh, in my car here, listening to a Deep Space Nine episode, and just occurred to me: What do you think the restrooms look like in the public spaces of a space station, like DS Nine? But as we know from Star Trek Six, not all aliens have their genitals in the same spot, so. You think they have like multiple different toilets and urinals and sinks and all that stuff? So, this is the stuff that keeps me up at night and think, you know, you guys might be the ones to know. So, thanks.
1: I think it's programmable matter or holodeck situation where you can get any kind of toilet you need. That'd be nice. With the I
0: same know. plumbing. You know what I mean? I make mine very cushy. Mm. Um, mine would be Japanese. Yeah. Uh, then, let's see. William H. Perkins uh, tweeted at us, unsolicited new segment idea. What would John Luke do? During the hailbag, one of you briefly asked how Picard would have handled the box in paradise before going off on another classic TNC tangent. Classic is is uh, the equivalent of never change, <laughs> mm-hmm. as you have illustrated from from Henry's catchphrase. That got me thinking and wishing you guys had hashed it out. Uh, Picard, Cisco, famously different in their approaches. Given your familiarity with the former, the occasional uh, "What Would John Luke Do?" WWJLD segment <laughs> when Cisco finds himself is in interesting, in an interesting pickle, could be fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, I will say this: this has not been a very heavy Cisco season. That's like, a good point. It's been a lot of uh, peripheral
0: characters interesting um which is odd because I feel like they've already shown I understand that later on they show him they, they flesh him out more and he's more interesting from what you guys say but uh, it seems like he already is a very intriguing kind of cryptic character so in a cryptic in a good way where it's just like oh I don't know how I don't know how Cisco's gonna respond to this uh, so it's interesting they didn't give him the ball more
1: I mean they do as the show goes on. I know. Like I don't rem- I don't remember there being this much distance between Cisco centric
0: episodes. Um It's also interesting that it seems like on TNG from beginning to end, even though you have your occasional majority whatever or episodes, everybody else that it was always the Picard show and they felt antsy about departing too much from that whereas in this show it feels like it's more like no we gotta flesh out these other characters or give this whole episode to Quark or give this whole episode to Kira
1: well you know I think that this is uh, this is the beneficiary of them being so far along in TNG so they're in sixth fake. season of TNG at this point, where yeah. they ha- where they are doing a lot of those episodes that are about everybody else.
0: But even till the end, it was always Picard centric, wasn't it?
1: No, no. You'd always that- have your you'd always have your Troy episode, you know. You'd always have your uh, Worf episode. You'd always have your uh, Riker episode. You would always have your Data episode, and you always have your Geordi episodes. Sometimes there's multiple Data episodes in a season. Data is seven
0: a- cast members, so you're listening. You're looking at like. You know, Data is obviously the character they would throw the ball to the most, but uh, outside of Picard. But I feel like even in those other episodes, the episodes that focus on the other characters, Picard more often than not would be heavily involved, even if it was. Oh, sure. That. I think that's just the nature of the
1: the ship and how the ship functions. Maybe. But I, what I'm saying about DS9 is it benefits or doesn't benefit depending on if you like it or not uh, from being late in the creative run of TNG where they're used to doing episodes that don't focus on the quote-unquote commanding officer.
0: I think you may be right and it may be partly that obviously, you know, Patrick Stewart was is, is is such a, you know, a magnetic person and Picard is such a magnetic character and that it's in the wake of TOS where it was so Kirk-centric. Uh, even Uh you know, Obviously, it was Spock and McCoy too, but it was like, really, it was like he, he was his. He was the central figure in almost everything that happened, and so they probably were following suit with that. But uh, nonetheless, it does feel like a. I agree with you that it's late in the run, so they had more confidence. Hey, we can throw the ball at other people. But this feels like it's very like not Cisco centric, in an interesting, different way. Yeah, I mean, but look
1: at this episode. Bash- uh, Bashir's not in this. O'Brien's not in this. That's
0: unusual too, Frank.
1: Cisco's not in this. I mean, he's in two scenes, but... um,
0: That's unusual too, that it's that much a, you know, they're willing to this early go into... We're just going to do a whole episode that's about Kira and her weird boyfriend. Um, Jeffy Sung says, "Oh, actually, yeah." Jeffy Sung says, "Hi, Andy. You asked if other Trill have surnames, and no spoilers, but we meet a family of Trill for an episode, with the head of the house called Yannis Um Although, Jeffy, I don't know if that means Tigon is the surname, or I guess we'll find out. Um, can you play? I can't su- wait. Sukinko two now. Yes."
7: Hey Matt and Andy, Lieutenant Mike Sikanko Yet again On this topic of alien bathrooms And Andy's obsession with the trills Just wondering, do you think the Wait. The worm like defecates inside Of Jed
4: hmm.
7: Like we know that they can Survive outside of the actual host Body, but like What happens once they're joined Like do they uh, does, Do their systems get replaced or Suddenly is she like pooping double, so I don't know
0: yeah, play my uh, my uh, my iPhone game, Poop and Double. By the way, order that up. <laughs> sure. um, I I gotta assume that
1: they live a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, it's just yeah, when the, so
0: you know, but it's possible that they might defecate more though because it's too pooping. You know, so, but I but I assume it's all it's all works together. But you're saying and I
1: assume whatever nutrients are coming in, yeah are coming in through Jazia's digestive system. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. These are important questions. Like having a like having a little infant in your in your in your little Right. In your in your tummy.
0: Hooverton says in this oh, it's just Hoover. In this episode, Matt asked why they haven't rebooted Welcome Back Cotter. Well, it's been in development hell for over twelve years. So mm. send you a link that I don't know
1: is it is it gabe is it gabe kapler's fault
0: no it's been in development for over 12 years at one point it was sorry kaplan
1: kapler was the manager of the giants
0: yes kaplan at one point it was to be a movie rather than a tv series starring none other than ice cube really it's true see his clip uh to bring it all together what ds9 character do you think is most likely to tell cisco cisco up your nose with a rubber hose would anyone dare dax perhaps if you read this on the show, I would be honored, a long listener. Andy, you're the best. Matt, you're pretty good, too.
1: Nice. He knows
0: how to get his bread buttered, you know? Um, I mean, probably Quark, right? Quark's the most defiant. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <coughs>
1: let's see I started I mean, listening- I don't, yeah. I feel like there's like characters later in the show that would be more likely to do that but you don't know them and I don't want to spoil anything
0: uh, I appreciate that um, I clipped this person's name so I'm going to have to circle back to it uh, at the end of the when you play this you're about to play teaser trailer I started listening to the pod after Picard season 3 in May caught up with the pod now from TNG season 1 to the most recent episodes of DS9 wanted to thank you and Matt for all the hours of entertainment I'm excited that I'm now caught up and start post uh, posting on the Patreon I wrote a long 5 star review on Apple Podcasts sorry I also no no apologies necessary uh, I no apologies necessary Uh, I also created a little soundbite to commemorate my catching up and the appreciation I have for the pod. It's a parody of my favorite trailer ever, the Star Trek VI teaser trailer. still brings a tear to my eye, so I did a parody of it. Um, uh, It might have some gentle ribbing of the pod, but I also tried to add nice things. (laughs) You can gently rib us. Uh, Anyway, thanks, guys. I'm looking forward to seeing two more years of listening. So that's a Star Trek TNC teaser trailer. Mmm.
8: For seven hundredths of a century, they have thrilled us with their hot takes, amazed us with their incompetence, and inspired us with their jingles. Hm. Their podcast has journeyed beyond relevance. Its name an OK pun, it's Matt and Andy, up. the finest podcasters ever assembled. We have traveled beside them from pre-COVID to post-COVID. They've been our guides, our annoyances, and our friends. Now you are invited to join them for a never-ending podcast. <laughs> for at the end of his oh, damn it, I hit the wrong button. Oh. Where did that? Where where is it? Um Okay, I probably should have I'm actually planned this out and, you know, written down where these buttons were. Um That would make the most amount of sense. Vamp, uh, vamp, vamp. Vamp, uh, I need a vamp. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, here it is.
3: Fly me to <laughs> the moon.
1: Let...
8: Oh, no, <laughs> not that. What What does Frank Sinatra have anything to do with Star Trek podcast? <laughs> That's insane.
1: He loved Trek. Okay. Uh, We've gone over Screw it. I'll just
8: <laughs> edit it, and I'll uh, send it to them. Because that's what somebody would do when something like this happens. Edit it. To realize the next conversation. Star Trek The Next Conversation.
1: I love it. It's pretty great. Makes me want to watch Star Trek 6, actually.
0: Me too. Um, All right.
1: Well, we'll be right back. Andy, are going to watch Star Trek 6? we come back right after that.
0: <laughs> be, it would be like the 35th craziest thing we've ever done on the show. Uh, and <laughs> Most uh, um, 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 illogical in terms of uh, good broadcasting. Eric Chastain sent us that. So thank you so much, Eric. Uh, thank you. Um, and now we have a prime corrective and then we can move along with our ears. Move along home. Remember? My nipples. Classic. <laughs> Classic. Oh.
1: <laughs> Wait, do I have that in here? Ah! Doctor!
0: Ah! Oh, thank God. Ah! ah! Huh? Ah, oh oh ah. <laughs> ah,
1: ah, ah, ah. my nipples <laughs> It's a classic. It's a classic bit. <laughs> what was the, what, I'm sorry, Prime Corrective, here we go. Uh...
2: Time for a retrospective street fees are objective.
0: Noopy Guerrero Jr. tweeted at us. Uh, I'm sure others will offer this prime corrective, but it is Rapture where the movie uniforms appear for the first time. There is an issue with Cisco's uniform in that episode, but I'm sure you can touch on it when you get there. It's not for the uniform,
1: huh? Well, it's time. My brain has lied to me. All right. Thanks for the
0: corrective. It won't be the first time. Our uh. That's it for the hails. If you like, send us a hail. You can send it to sdtncpod at gmail.com. Please put the title of the episode in the subject heading somewhere. You can tweet or you can find Matt on Instagram at Matt Myra. My Instagram is at Andrew Secunda. My Twitter is at Secunda. You can tweet, TikTok, uh, Instagram. Mm -hmm, Still mm stuff, still still coming fast and furious on the Instagram every day. Uh, getting caught up uh, at Star Trek TNC. And uh, you can send us a voicemail. Hail, voice hail, 816 Trek
7: TNC. We crossed many doors to many places. Your hails made us think of all your faces. So, Blue TNC in your little board node. Let's talk about this week's episode.
1: This week's episode is Blood Oath and it aired uh, 27th of March 1994 Andy, what's going on at that point
0: and one song in let's do this uh, the US is the sign by Asa Base, which we've done before but I'm just in the mood <clears throat> I get it I get it I've been there you know yeah we're gonna have a late night we're gonna be driving out to Ventura I wanna hear, uh, uh, hear the sign you would hardly So, Number one song in the UK is Dupe by Dupe. Number one alternative song is God by Tori Amos. Number one movie, Naked Gun 33 and a third, The Final Insult. Number one TV show that week. Home Improvement. A rerun Uh of number nine. Uh, Events. uh, Singer Selena is murdered by the president of her fan club. I don't remember there was a president of a fan club. Um, This is why we don't have a president, guys. Um, (laughs) You're not the president. (laughs) You're not the president. (laughs) You bear no responsibility to kill us. (laughs) (laughs) Time Magazine uh, cover. uh, Why the tiger is on the brink of extinction. I hope that they came back from that. Is the tiger going to make it okay? I hope so. I like tigers. Uh, Um, Let's see here. Is it? Even elsewhere in Mm tracks. We do. We do. (laughs) Look of concentration on his face. He's trying to make
1: it happen. Mm.
0: Elsewhere in tracks.
1: Yeah, it'll sound a lot
0: like that. Let's see what's oh. out there. Let's see. Let's see. We can't do it. <laughs> <We> can't <laughs> do Let's see what's out there. <laughs> uh, here's elsewhere on track for Blood Oath. On March 28th, TNG aired Journey's End. It sent Wesley Crusher into the great beyond and showed viewers the unintended consequences of the Federation-Cardassian peace treaty. We're just five episodes from the end of TNG, but the kid, wow. But the cast and crew weren't slowing down. Memory Alpha says filming for Star Trek Generations started March 29th, even as filming on All Good Things continued until March 31st. Um, Memory Alpha says that April 6th was the wrap day for the series as a whole, but I don't know how that's different from filming the final episode. Hmm. I mean,
1: I assume that's wrapping out the TV crew while the
0: movie crew continues. I see. Isn't it possible they had extra things that they'd shoot for prior episodes? Probably not. I doubt it. That only happens on the shows I work on. (laughs) Um... Elsewhere
1: in track.
0: This is closing the segment, everybody. (laughs)
1: Cool uh, Is that it? That's it Seinfeld?
0: No, no. That's not Voyager
1: I, Look I forget We just talked about the show now oh, <laughs> That's great This is like my kind of show here <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Blood Oath Written by Peter Allen Fields Directed by Weinrich Colby and here's the description from Memory Alpha the three old Klingon warriors reunite on D Space Nine seeking on Dax with whom they entered into a blood oath to one day exact revenge on an enemy for killing the warriors firstborn sons finding Jadzia as a worthy warrior uh, she joins the Klingons in comp- uh, completing their vendetta it's fucking spoiler it's fucking spoiler right there man yeah, it's true <laughs> There's only two parts of dramatic tension in this episode. Will she be able to go and will they get the job done? It's a really good. And point. they just fucking revealed it in this I'd be so mad if I hadn't seen it. <laughs>
3: it's been in there for three. Fighting the battle
6: of Klachdach Brach or some such thing over and over. The Battle of Klach de is a legendary Klingon victory over the Romulans almost a century ago.
3: Well, he's been losing it all afternoon. And he says team. he's not coming out until he wins. I banged on the door, he sealed himself in. I threatened to shut off the power. He threatened to kill me. Oh,
0: it's all great. That is fucking great, high level comedic dialogue. He's been well. And he's been losing what do you it think all of, afternoon.
1: What do you think of Why and Rick Colby going? This is how we're going to shoot it
0: up at this spiral
1: staircase. No coverage on anybody's face.
0: I would like to start tracking the weirder visual choices because they're doing weird stuff on this show, <laughs> and I like it. And weird I like for Star Trek. Weird, weird for, for Star, Star Trek. Trek. Exactly. Yeah, I'm probably weird for. Most episodic television. But it's like they do weird, moving, low moving shots and and kind of, you know, uh, Maltese Falcon upward shots. It's all odd. Falcon's Crest, slow sweeping shots.
6: <laughs> Since when did you add ancient Klingon battles to your Hollow Sweep programs?
3: The captain of the last Klingon ship that went through the wormhole told something to me. Uh-huh. I know, I know. It's brutal, it's violent. Bloody. But to the Klingons, it's entertainment.
6: Shut off the power. He'll kill you. No. He said he'll kill you. Shut it off.
1: Do you like that little taste of old-timey TOS door sound? <laughs> oh, nice. It was
0: deliberate. That's nice. Because <laughs> it's uh, a uh, program about the past. <laughs> ah,
3: you dare interrupt the Battle of clock, de
6: Calbrat,
3: you Ferengi clopet! <laughs>
6: battle is over the people are waiting to celebrate your victory they are lead the way then.
1: <laughs> i wish that was the cold open
0: yeah it's odd <laughs>
6: How did you get in here? I am Kolov. That doesn't answer my question. Yes, it does. What are the charges against him? Charges? No charges. He's today's guest of honor.
3: You must be a very brave man to attempt humor at the expense of a Klingon to harm master.
6: I apologize. No offense intended. Sir, if you'll wake up, I'll release you into your friend's custody.
8: Yeah,
0: Cola. They're just all great in this. I mean hmm. obviously, as you say, they've sort of you know, some of them have done it before, but uh All three of them were in TOS. It's just, as Klingons. They're so good. They're as so, those Klingons. <laughs> they're so they're you know what? They're comfortable. Playing it, playing the comedy, keeping their honor nonetheless. It's just really they're really they're really great. And these guys are fucking giants in um I mean I didn't I didn't spot uh John Kolikos who plays Core. That that he's from Baldasar in the original Battlestar collecting is fantastic. And then Kang is Michael and Sarah, we haven't seen yet. Who played Kane in in Buck Rogers My beloved Buck Rogers uh, Colas played by William Campbell who I I Did know him from so I was like oh that's Trelane I know that voice but I didn't Realize he was the the Klingons Ironically I didn't recognize him Playing a Klingon in the other things That's because
1: they You know they look like uh, TMS Klingons Yeah
6: Security reassignments, Major. Sorry it took so long. It's been a Klingon afternoon.
2: A Klingon afternoon?
6: Every time Klingons visit the station, I wind up with a Klingon afternoon. But this is definitely one I'll cherish forever. There's a drunken Klingon in my holding cell, must be a hundred years old, singing battle songs. <laughs> Even his best friend, who's probably hundred and fifty years old, won't have anything to do with him. So I get the pleasure of listening to his repertoire a harm master of the Klingons.
2: Did you say Kor?
6: That's what he announced right after winning the Battle of Klock de Kelbracht at Quarks.
2: What is he doing here? Did you get his friend's name? Was it Kang?
6: No, it was Koroth. Koloth.
2: Come with me, Odo. Uh, uh,
6: okay, go ahead.
1: Yes. I was going to say, this is like interesting recall for a trill. Slash, like I like, I want it to be a. It should be establishes a trait of trills that when they're remembering things out loud, yeah, they're establishing exposition. (laughs) Like, do you know what I mean? Like they they phrase it in such a way where it's not natural, like, and they're just restacking.
0: what do you mean i think I like know what i re- i remember
1: when dax first met you andy you two were we're no more than 12 years old hanging out at the you know what i mean and it would be like
0: i don't know okay, if this is the headcanon you're it. suggesting but that in order for them to access the memories they have to kind of speak it aloud as though it's yes you know, that's it's, what i'm saying i'm explaining it to myself and in doing so i'm remembering it yeah i think that makes a lot of sense <laughs> Because uh, I mean, everyone—you know—people have already been on my ass about like, "Hey, just forget about it. Everything's explained." Well, Matt here has seen DS Nine, and he feels like this <laughs> is inconsistent. So, <laughs>
1: look, I'm just going—I'm just going along with the—you uh, know—my uh,
0: co-host here. The um, the other thing is, uh, uh, just is uh, unrelated to that. Uh, I feel like Odo is a uh, little. Un- unusually chatty. He just came in to say, "I have an amusing ad- anecdote about the Klingons that I'd like to share." It's like so very much more chatty than you're we've seen of Odo yet. <laughs> sort of interesting. I guess he's always hanging out in Quarks, but it seems like he's there to to kind of rib Quark and keep an eye on him. Whatever is whatever is you know subtextual reasons may be. Um, but. Uh,
2: Hello, Cor. I'm thirsty.
6: Hello, Cor. Let him Lieutenant.
2: I'll take responsibility. Very thirsty.
3: Poor. Yeah, right do you now.
2: remember Curzon Dax?
3: Curzon? Oh, my dear friend, Curzon. I lift my goptu to Curzon Dax.
2: And I, who was Curzon Dax, lift my goptu to you. Uh-huh. Scorch burn on your 14th rib, okay. and your left Kivon aches Every time your ship hits war bait.
0: I got that out of the computer because <laughs> drills don't remember that much.
6: I curs on? After 81 years I I find you a Giamo looking woman.
2: Kiss me Papa just a great big hug. Oh Kurzon,
6: my beloved old
2: friend. I'm Judzia now. Uh,
3: well Jazia, my beloved old friend.
2: Come on, Kur, let's go find Koloth. Uh,
0: Koloth's here? Uh what I what I like about that is if they were that close with Curzon, then you know, there would be a a moment of adjustment of like, oh wow. But it wouldn't be like, let's explain it again. Let's just whatever. They know what trills are. They've they've we're fucking close friends with one. <laughs> mm. I like that.
1: That's true.
0: Do you think mm. this cake looked good?
1: Uh in the moment I was very hungry and it did. Looked a little too I don't like stuff that's too pudding
0: even though no like children too-y. do that.
1: I like pudding. That's that's you know
0: I'm down for a pudding, but I'll always take an ice cream or a cake over a pudding. Oh. Can't me a frozen pudding
3: any day. A bread A sharp <laughs> knife <laughs> is nothing without a sharp eye. oh mm. It's been forty years since even his good eye was sharp. Ah, it's luck when you hit the plate. <laughs> I see that the Federation insults us by sending a lieutenant to greet us.
2: You never had much use for the Federation, did you, Koloth? I used to call you Dak Turak, Iceman.
0: After top Because
2: top. no proposal, no matter how reasonable, no matter how much it favored the Klingon Empire.
1: I like how she says that it means Iceman to two Klingons.
2: I would satisfy you. <laughs> you were the toughest man I ever faced across the negotiations table. Do you not recognize our old friend? Dax. Hmm? Dax. (laughs) Curzon's dead, but Dax is alive as a part of me.
3: This is a mistake. Kang must not have known. Ah, But what a beautiful mistake. (laughs) Is Kang coming? (laughs) Of course he's coming. He's brought the four of us back together after 81 years. Could it possibly mean that he's...
5: That is exactly what it means.
0: So this was a mistake. Right? I am. what the uh, Kang them showing up on DS Nine is just chance. They no, no, no. He organized this. But I mean, um, they didn't think that Jedzia was that, that Dax was going to be there. He knew that Dax was there. Oh, I. But then, how come he goes so far to keep Dax from joining?
1: 'Cause he does he guess he's going for a suicide run. He doesn't want this young Dax to die.
0: Then why did why even give Dax the option? What do you mean? Why reconnect the four of them if he was gonna say you can't go on the oh, mission? Well, well that's a good point. I don't know the answer to that.
1: <laughs> Glad I asked what you meant, because I don't know. Found
5: the
2: albino. Ah. Kang, do you remember the first time we sat together over Bachgol? I'm Kordak trying to
1: remember one. it out loud.
2: The Federation and the Klingon Empire were still enemies. This is the way I, I access never my Sibiyat's memories. I'm Dax, godfather of your son.
3: You are no one's godfather.
2: I am Dax, godfather of your son.
5: So, you were the same Dax who took a blood oath with us? to seek
2: vengeance. Don't mistake a new face for a new soul, Kang. I still feel at one with your family, just as I did eight decades ago. I hope one day you'll embrace me as a brother again.
3: Brother? (laughs) Oh, brother, sister, what's the difference? We're all here now. Speak to us, Kang. Where is he? Where did you find the albino?
5: Seven years ago. Anyway.
0: Um...
1: Klingons, huh? So you're
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, at this point I, I certainly see you you watching this episode and just being like, ugh, here we go.
4: But
1: to me, I'm loving it. It's not actually it's not as bad as other Klingon episodes because this one is um is a clear, contained story where I don't have to hear about Kaless or
4: I'm
0: sure, Kim is mentioned somewhere in this episode.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, for a lot of, for for a bunch of old Klingons, there's not a lot of uh, talk of like going to Stovo or Honor. They do talk about like dying in battle, a warrior's death, and stuff like that, but that I don't mind. Uh huh. They, the, these four it's less dull than regular Klingon
0: stuff for some reason I mean I I I just will say straight out I love this episode um, and obviously I'm more of a Klingon fan as a to start with but the balance of in some ways it's like a perfect compliment to Worf's character because what <clears throat> what was so great about Worf was that he was Filled with honor and sort of, you know, these this posturing. But then there was also this comedic, you know, bent of the character of undermining it or, you know, and Michael Doran's ability with it. And I feel like you get a little bit of that with each of these characters, but they're all very different. They're all Klingons, but they're very different Klingons. It totally makes sense to me how all four of them would have been friends, but especially the three of them. Um. And I love this this pursuit Is kind of a, a side story On a Klingon story Of pursuing this vengeance um, On this character In a way that totally tracks with Klingons But we get to see it played out It's just I don't know I love a revenge story um, And it's with Klingons It's just really satisfying to me And it, the story is effective It's well written To me um, yeah, were you not even drawn in by the by the uh the Jedzia sort of you know the problem in front of her of whether to join or not? Not really. interesting.
5: I did not know, of course.
2: About Curzon?
5: I did not want to risk contacting you by subspace. No,
2: you I don't blame you. That's how the albino learned we were coming to Galdon
5: He has ears that reach across the galaxy. I don't know how. Tell me about my good friend Curzon. Did he die an honorable death?
2: He died in a hospital room yelling at doctors and friends who were trying to keep him alive for <laughs> one more miserable day. day. <laughs>
5: uh, that's a pity. He was a good man. He deserved to die in battle. It pains me that I will never see him again in this
2: life. Curzon was decorated many times for his diplomatic achievements, but no honor touched him as deeply as yours. For a Klingon to choose a Federation official to be the godfather of his son.
5: Kurzon Dax opened the door to peace. He was the first Federation diplomat I ever met who truly seemed to understand the Klingon nature.
2: Well, there was always a bit of Klingon nature in Curzon. His blood oath with you was very important to him.
5: I think. Would you eat from the heart of the albino, Jadzia Dax? I know about the trills from my long friendship with Curzon. And I know that each new host has no obligation to pass commitments.
2: And I know that a Klingon blood oath can never be broken.
5: The old Klingon ways are passing. There was a time when I was a young man. The mere mention of a Klingon Empire made worlds tremble. Now our warriors are opening restaurants and serving wrath to the grandchildren of men I slaughtered in battle. <laughs>
2: That's good. <laughs> I love that things are so not much. what they used to be.
5: Not even the blood oath.
2: I know you, Kang. You don't believe that.
5: What I believe is no longer relevant. You are released from Kurzon's oath. You owe nothing
0: any of us so alright here 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 are the many things that I fucking first of all (laughs) now our children are opening restaurants and serving rock to the grandchildren of our the warriors are opening restaurants and serving rock to the grandchildren of the people I killed (laughs) so great (laughs) such a great of course a Klingon would fucking hate that and I love that it's also not you know turning a blind eye to like you know they fucking slaughtered people. <laughs> um, uh, so I love that. I love that they they uh, they get in the uh, the stuff about the the clarity of that trolls can't pass obligations through the through the uh, the worm. That's great. Um, hearing that sort of world building. Um, and by the way, that's uh, I think it's been raised before, maybe by our in the comment section but uh, it's a great idea for an escape plan <laughs> if you like done a bunch of, bunch of crimes just sort of be like yeah, now I got a new host <laughs> if, you're, if you're messed up symbiote um, so there's that uh, but then the thing storytelling wise that I like the best about this is I think the obvious path for this episode is that the Klingons are putting pressure on her to carry out this assassination and they don't mm. they're like we understand because we were friends with Kurazon. we understand that you don't have this obligation. we're just sort of letting you know. And then it's purely on Jedzia, which makes Jedzia a more interesting character that she does it anyway um, even though it sort of clashes with the with the Starfleet, you know. Uh, sort of ethos it's it's just really interesting and I love that they just like you don't have to do this we're just letting you know and they, they you dispense with that because it's playing characters at the top of their intelligence and it's really great as we say in the improv world
1: Ring-a-ding-ding it's great baby <laughs> you
2: should scan <laughs> Kira uh-huh how many people did
1: you kill? <laughs> what did I thought this was like so fucking obtuse of her yes. to like do it while they're on duty on the fucking <laughs> at a hops. So I was wondering, you yeah. know, all the
0: murders and stuff.
1: For,
0: <laughs> all the, for all that history that she's got lodged in her brain, Jedzie, it can be a little bit weirdly almost autistic in some sometimes. I don't
1: know about almost. I think it's very like there's no... Her social cues, she has, the as a, as as Curzon Dax and the Daxes before her, she's got so many social uh,
0: niceties in her head that none of them apply anymore. <laughs> I do think that that is how I read her sometimes, that she's just sort of like a little bit, she's lived so many times, or whatever, however you want to abstract this, that she has so much experience that it's sort of just like, eh, I'm not going to get hung up on all this crap. Let's just get to it. I want to ask you about how many people you killed. <laughs> what?
2: While you were in the underground.
0: Also, it could be that. Too many. Other. She had so many hosts. Were they all that faceless did kill people? Out. Although, then why would you be asking Kira about it? Hmm. Oh, never
2: mind. Continue. Or did you know who you were killing? Why are we talking about this? If it bothers you, we can stop. Yeah, it bothers me. I'm sorry. Why? Were you thinking about killing somebody? Me? Tell me. I don't know what you're talking about. Tell me. Eighty years ago, there was a band of depredators, led by an albino, raiding Klingon colonies. Three Klingon warships were sent to stop him. One of the captains was a close friend of Curzon's. The mission was successful, most of them were captured, but the albino escaped. In his last message to the Klingons, he promised to take revenge on the firstborn of each of the three captains. A few years later, he kept his word. Somehow, he infected three innocent children with a genetic virus that killed them. One of them was my godson.
0: Sorry. You must have seen a lot recently.
2: That was Curzon's godson. I took a blood oath to avenge his death. Curzon took a blood oath. I can still remember the boy's funeral. He was named Dax for me.
1: <laughs> It'd be real awkward if he was named Dax for somebody else. Named <laughs> I mean, Dax for the host.
0: Three before me.
1: <laughs> three you know, he's that that that, that was a cool host. Was Jackie <laughs> Dex.
0: Um I do uh even though it's also very expositioning i do love this. I love that it's also just like the person they're going after is such a scumbag. <laughs> Fucking infected these children of the of his enemies. That's what you so think. Gross. You know what my headcanon is? What's it?
1: He happened to get a hold of their medical files and saw that they were gonna pass on this very deadly genetic thing that all three of them were. So then he was decided to take credit for the genetic disorder that was already in their bloodstream. 1st I mean first I gotta give all your firstborn are going to die.
0: Wait, are you saying they're going to die anyway? And he was yes. sparing and, them he just, by... and
1: he just happened to <laughs> he just happened to know that and was like
0: I'll make them think I did it <laughs> He's really carrying the ruse to the very end If that's what his plan was Well I can't Now I'm in So I gotta act like I still want to kill them
1: I'm all the way out here I better uh, <laughs> I better still do this thing Quark You
3: devious little Hadiba, Bring wine
0: Like they do a lot of moments like that mm-hmm. that kind of set up, oh, this is going to be about these old men who are not capable in battle. Uh, mm. But then, and even when Koloth, I think this is Koloth, beats her in this, uh, you don't really see, correct me if I'm wrong, as much as you see a batleths in Star Trek, I think it's very rare that you see an actual Batleth duel. Mm. So I like seeing the full-on Batleth duel. I can't hear it if I am. Um, I know. Okay, I fine. know because
1: you're talking, and I oh, wanted no to get oh, through I the episode.
0: Uh, so I love the Batleth duel, and although uh, he looks very silly, you know, by himself, uh, by himself, yes, <laughs> <laughs> shadow shadow <laughs> battle thing, doesn't <laughs> <laughs> look that threatening. Um, but then he beats her, which I was like a little bit surprised. And it kind of makes sense that she's like, shows that she's capable with it, but she can't beat this guy. This guy's an expert. I like that. I like that these guys are still badasses.
1: I like that she knows how to order a bat lift.
0: Yeah, warrior's <laughs> configuration, he says.
2: I'm going to fight you.
3: And if my hand should slip and you should die...
2: Your hand would never slip, unless you become old and feeble. I
1: wish you threw it, and it just planted right in her abdomen.
0: <laughs>
1: oh well. Oh, I really I'm sorry. That. <laughs> I mean, I yelled at everything. <laughs> I love how generally agreed upon by swords people uh, how terrible a weapon the battle is.
0: Oh, is it? I was actually... It yeah. had never occurred yeah. to me until this episode, I was like, this can't be a good weapon, right?
1: <laughs> no, it's not. you got to get so close. you got an open blade every which way.
5: Is off. <laughs>
3: you want to drink more. Ah!
4: Stand up.
3: Your presence against the albino will do honor to our cause. (laughs) <laughs> well that's a surprise from the great stone face
5: releasing you from Curzon's oath is not enough I can see that now it is agreed then No. I tell you now you will not
0: be part of the quest I Came here to, you know, give you a heads up that this is what we were doing. I was Just letting you know
1: that your blood oath is done. Yes, that's I <laughs> uh-huh. to keep your blood oath. Uh, I just didn't want you to feel bad, you know, when you heard or, that we all died. Want
0: <laughs> <laughs> to say goodbye? Uh, give you, you can have my record collection. Toodles. Uh, ensure <laughs> uh, it's been established. Um, is the in canon. You rarely see a Klingon warrior woman. You see Klingon women, and I guess you saw some when Riker was on was was the in the exchange like, program the, on that show. The Duras sisters, but the Duras sisters are they warriors or are they just the head of a house?
1: They're warriors. They wear the armor. They 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 have a you know, and then you Isn't think about like uh, think about the um, Star Trek Five uh, on the bridge there. Uh-huh. That's super jacked Klingon
0: lady? Uh, I don't remember. I don't know. Star Trek V is well. no. Um
1: Consider yourself lucky.
0: Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway I was just God, wondering, you almost with always the Starship. Because I was like, it occurs to me, like, oh, that's great that it doesn't, that in this episode it's not even addressed uh, uh, that she's, you know, a woman. It doesn't come into play. Um, and then it occurred to me, like, oh, I wonder what the, at the time. What the Klingon perspective on female warriors was but I assumed that in retrospect they would sort of course say they were equal but you don't see them very often mm.
5: I almost killed Kersel on that day
2: I knew I had to get you very very angry or my mission wouldn't succeed getting you angry with me was the only way to begin to create a bond between us
5: Kurzon understood
2: Klingon's And he also understood what he was doing when he took a Klingon blood oath You can't expect me to stay here and not avenge my own godson's murder You can't ask me to live with that kind of dishonor
5: I cannot dishonor myself by allowing you to die in Kurzon's place
2: Who's talking about dying? I have no intention of dying You dishonor yourself already, Kang, by placing your honor above mine. No Klingon warrior would leave a comrade behind while he goes off to battle. Perhaps you're right. Klingon honor isn't what it used to be.
4: Are you trying to
2: anger me again? You think the same trick would work twice? I understand Klingons. All right, then. It worked. Come such a
0: quick... Fine, it totally works. Damn it! She's very good in this scene. Clearly, Kira's warning didn't hit her radar at all <laughs> To part mm, of you guys, nope. She's like, uh uh-huh. Anyway, I'm going to try and get in this Klingon assassination thing.
2: Doodles. Don't have to tell you what this oath meant to Curzon.
5: Jadzia Dax took an oath, too, when she joined Starfleet. You're subject to orders, Lieutenant. Don't do it, Benjamin.
2: Don't make me disobey a direct order.
5: I never understood this. I mean, whatever else Curzon was, he did have a fundamental morality. He wouldn't condone murder any more than I would. And yet he swore to kill this albino, and now you plan to go out and kill in his name. What about the laws of the Federation?
2: The Klingons have their own set of laws. This is justice to them. And to you? I've chosen to respect their codes of honor in this matter, yes.
5: You really think you're capable of doing this?
2: I don't know. There's only one way to find out, isn't there?
5: Let's say you are. Let's say you even survive this insanity. You expect to come back here and resume your duties as though nothing's happened?
2: I guess that'll be up to you.
0: I thought this was great. I think all the, all the perspectives are represented I think that all the kind of questions I would ask about it are addressed in terms of like you know the Federation does have laws but also this is a diplomacy situation in some ways because she is choosing to respect the Klingon laws um, and yeah he could order her and then she'd be screwed because you would have to disobey him and she's saying don't do that because then I can't come back um. Yeah, I just think it's a really well written scene. It's great for, it's great for both characters. It's really interesting. Mm. You didn't find that. You didn't find that sort of a, I don't know, compelling debate.
1: No, I've seen it before with Worf. Every time he wanted to go do something Klingon,
0: I don't. I don't
1: know, Woody. Would he have
0: that much of an issue with killing people?
1: Oh, is that the part
0: of it you're talking about? That's the main point of the argument.
1: I mean, that's so laughable by the end of this fucking series. After the fucking... After the war. Uh, <laughs> They're all murderers. Well, I You'll
0: see. Yet. They're gonna get a killing. All right. Well, at this point in, in his... In her... Uh, um, in her... Whatever journey, the uh, the other the other hosts have maybe killed people, but Jedzia hasn't, and I find it to be very interesting. And I think it's like, it's also it does seem, it's also just not like killing during war. This is they're going out to assassinate someone for revenge. It's very different. Or one might argue, it's different anyway. Mm.
4: Tears are coming.
0: I say, we make a direct attack,
4: boldly
5: through the threshold. The guards will be too scattered to defend against us. We will overwhelm them to glorious victory. Or a glorious
3: death. It is a good day to die.
2: It is a good day to die.
3: Come on, old comrade, for the last time, let's sharpen our blades.
0: I also like that she respects uh, Kang enough. She's not going to question him in front of the others. She's going to have this as a side conversation.
2: But to invite death with a direct assault against a superior force. Kang, what are you doing? What's really going on here? Loyalty blinds Kor and Koloth, but not me. This is not a plan for battle, it's a plan for suicide. If it were someone else, I might think you were paid to lure us here.
5: How could you say that? I took a blood oath with you.
2: That's why you didn't want me to come. Because you knew you were coming to die.
5: When the amulet arrived, the location of the albino, I went to the Sakara system to see if it was true. Sakakis? Somehow, the instant I arrived, the Albino knew I was there. He contacted me. He sent an invitation to one last glorious battle. He said he is tired of this lifelong pursuit. He swore to send 40 of his strongest, most skilled men against us in honorable battle. And I agreed.
2: But why?
5: Because this is our last chance. If we cannot reach the albino, we can at least die an honorable death trying to reach him. A death on to harm, master
2: deserves you know what, King? I think you Klingons embrace death too easily. you treat death like a lover, I think living is a lot more attractive, I think it honorable,
1: but have you seen the ass on death? <laughs> Hi, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to add in this episode. Sad to be a part of this. <laughs> yep. Thank you. Uh, okay. Star Trek I plan love it.
0: I love that she ends with today's a good day to live and I love that she convinces him.
1: That's like when Tony Stark says, I am Iron Man.
0: When today's a good day to live. Today's yeah. a good day
1: to die. It's like, hey, I'm inevitable and he's like, I'm Iron Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't believe they had to reshoot for that. Like I can't believe no one was like, this is the obvious line.
0: It is interesting.
1: It's so weird to me.
0: It's very strange.
1: That a fucking every it went through everybody's eyes (laughs) and no one
0: was like, um (laughs) hi Well particular that it's I am inevitable (laughs) and he's facing Tony Stark. Yes. It's like (laughs) just fucking say it, you dum dums. (laughs) Unless I am inevitable wasn't there. I don't, I don't see why. See, he said well, maybe, something else. Maybe it wasn't. I think you're right, though. I think he did say I was in that. Yeah, and it's like... Well, anyway, what? I love her plan. It makes sense as a plan. I love the dumb plan that was going to get them all killed. I, this is just all great. I don't... I'm, just, I'm very surprised that you weren't held by it. That, that's maybe not the right
1: way to think about it. I mean, I was... I watched it I mostly enjoyed it. Yeah. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it at all. I
0: think it's so um, you know, and then this I don't know, her plan you got to knock out these the scanners, you got to uh, disarm their weapons so that it's 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 you know, it's hand to hand, which makes it more of like a cool old school kind of Klingon battle, but it also tracks it doesn't feel like it's obviously ginned up, but it's it doesn't feel that way. It feels like oh yeah, this would be a way to solve facing a superior force with superior uh, firepower, um, and so then they have the edge because they're going to be better at hand to hand than these these yokels. Um, I don't know. Just I think it's all great. It's a little bit of a stretch that the villain. Uh, would be willing to... I assume that the villain's setting this up because he wants to kill them because he doesn't want them to chase him anymore, so he thinks this is a trap. But if it was really a trap, he wouldn't even be there. (laughs) Um, So he does sort of give them a chance, which is kind of honorable (laughs) on his part. But maybe he has the same fixation on, you know, some kind of glorious exit as as they do. Right. Uh, Although, I don't know. He killed their children, so he can't be that honorable. Or maybe in the Klingon world, that is honorable. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
2: You say they promised you an honorable battle. Hand to hand combat at the main threshold. That's right. Take a look at this. This indicates a gravitic mine buried at the main threshold.
3: Yes, and he plans to detonate at the moment we enter the compound. Yes, that's the key. That's it's what you, you get for you making a deal with a devil king.
2: On the other hand, this gives us an advantage we wouldn't otherwise have. He's expecting us at the front door.
3: How do we know that he's even inside?
2: good question
3: wait here where are you going I'm going to find out if he's inside how do you intend to do that I'll ask somebody I like this they go and check it they answer my question at the same time (laughs) that you shut down the sensors I'll create a diversion at the armory to misdirect their response
2: good strategy but whoever creates a diversion will have to run across this field to escape with all due respect, none of you are as quick as you once were. I'll volunteer for that job. Green.
1: I wish they were all like, no. Foot race right now. <laughs> they refuse. Do the dare damage. suggest I am
0: not as fast <laughs> on my feet as you are?
1: <laughs> 300 meters now. <laughs> what do you think of their laser tag outfits?
0: <laughs> They're cool. Those are very old school TOS, too. Didn't even seems, get a featured
5: This is the best place for entry right here
3: He did go <gasps> he could see, he I make counted a <laughs> The albino is inside His overconfidence will be the death of him well, He's in there now But the moment we attack
5: He will move to a secured command post Here It will be midday in about an hour Can you create A diversion in the armory by then I think so We will be in position at the powerhouse. May Kalis guide us on this day of vengeance.
1: Kalis, everybody. No Kalis. (laughs) (laughs) Classic Kalis. Oh, he's an albino Klingon? <laughs> the armor has
3: been sabotaged.
8: diverted like the, the forward patrols to that area.
1: Cancel those orders. Move all guards to the interface line. What is this? Sure Just an albino? Station Who secure. knows? Go. Yes, these look like these look like knockoff action figures that you would buy if, 100%. like, you know, you're, 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 you're tell your grandmother you want Star Wars stuff, and this is what she comes <laughs> up with. Yeah,
0: they're from China. <laughs> Um, oh, they, a, I do love it, though. This, it has, this is a very Buck Rogers-feeling episode, like because that's the kind of aliens that they would have in Buck Rogers. they just sort of like, I don't know, here's another alien.
5: In the meantime, have the guards fix guitars to their rifles and prepare for hand-to-hand combat. I think
0: they should have given this guy a different outfit. I like his face. Yeah. They should have given him a more imposing outfit. It's kind of a silly little workout outfit <laughs> you yeah, know with a
1: puffy vest it looks great
4: <laughs> look up on
0: your executioner's killer of children get them see <laughs> this a full-on battle pattern?
1: <clears throat> yeah no <laughs> i did think it was interesting that they um They let that, the the albino guy be so evil.
3: No vengeance today, Kang. And who are you, girl? You
2: knew me as Curzon Dax.
3: The Trill, of course. You are far too young and lovely to sport such a deadly weapon. All right then. Use it if that's what you came to do. Kill me in cold blood. Run me through the belly and cut out my heart. Isn't that what your blood oath promised? What is she doing? Or have you lost
0: your appetite, my dear? <laughs> <laughs> This guy's just ready to die. That's why he set this up. Thank you for
5: saving the death blow for me. You have honored me one last time. Godfather to my son.
6: (laughs) You have done me a great favor, Godfather.
3: Where
5: is Claude? <laughs> He's dead. Oh, I was right, Dax. It is a good day to die.
0: Okay, I did it's actually kind of like them all friend. dying. Like Go back. <laughs> Sorry. Day to die.
2: It's never a good day.
0: Was a friend. <laughs> Um, yeah, I like them dying too. Uh, does the other guy die? Yeah, they all die. I thought the other guy sort of who, who said he he's dead. He lived.
1: No, well, at least not according to Memory Alpha page.
0: Is is he is he,
6: dying? Is he, is he? He's holding
1: his guy. He's got a little wound there, right? He's
6: holding he... his guy.
0: He doesn't die on screen. I don't. I don't think that the show is telling us that he's dead there, unless she says it later. But whatever the case, that line uh, is like one of the only missteps of the, sh- of the show, as far as I'm concerned. It's it's never a good day to lose a friend, and they shoot it from like the side in this weird way, and I'm just kind of like, and that kind of seems like they're just saving the the coverage of turning around. Although they probably already had her, and when she's fighting the guy. And that's the only thing I was just kinda of like, meh, I don't really like that. <laughs> but the rest of it and that she faces him and that the guy stabs him in the back, I kind of saw it coming. <coughs> the only other thing is I feel like it's a little bit of a cheat that Dax doesn't she kind of has the moment where she has to think about it and I was like, Oh, they're gonna get out of this by having the other guy be alive and kill her because the only other thing is you have to make the choice and you've you stacked it up too much. That this 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 frigging jerk is got to go. He's got to die. Right, 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 right. So you can't have him not die. And so it's either that she kills him, or somebody else kills him. Um, And it feels like, oh yeah, she's probably not going to kill him. And then so the other person's going to kill him. I feel like it's a little bit of a duck of the issue. Um, But they do address it at least, and she, uh, and it's kind of like. This is why it kind of bothers me at the end of this episode that she exchanges a look with Cisco and Kira, but there's no real discussion. <coughs> so I like—I assume she puts it in her log or tells Cisco later. But it's like—isn't Cisco's first thing going to be like, "Hey, did you kill a person?" <laughs>
1: no, I killed an albino. <laughs> You're right.
0: They aren't people. <laughs> or is it just that she sits down and starts working again indicates to him that she didn't kill anybody
1: oh that's an interesting thought I, fail. I think it's like if I, I just she, work I never have to answer
0: another question I guess she does kind of look like she failed <coughs> at the end so I guess that's probably what it what it's communicating
1: You're saying she looks like she failed
0: at the end? I feel like that look at the end. She's either looking somber like, wow, I've lost all my friends. I don't know if you know this, but it
1: was a bad day to lose a friend, okay? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that statement. She
0: said that out loud.
1: Yeah, it's true. To herself. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Wonder what a good day is. Wednesday? Kind of you're distracted by work?
1: I think, right, you know, Sunday night. You know, (laughs) have the weekend with them and then... Yeah, but Is then you got to go, go back night.
0: to work in the morning and you're thinking about it, you lost your friend.
1: <laughs> oh, I've been unemployed so long, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: um,
1: what was that word? Back to what? Back to
0: what again? It's called work. On Monday? Yeah, it's work. Uh, work? Work. Work. Rourk. No, you're saying it wrong. Oh. oh whatever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i never have to know it again. Um. <clears throat>
0: I'm so depressed. Anyway, are you sick before you, I drive you back to Ventura? <laughs> no. A lot during this podcast. You make me sick. That's really going to really gonna make you know this what? lovely drive to Ventura uh, leave a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> we'll just
1: wait. The rain's going to start in 10 minutes.
0: Oh, great. <laughs> 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 be fun
1: uh, for you driving on three
0: tires back in the rain, too. <laughs>
1: I'm just look at surface streets. Slow and steady wins the race. You know, Uh I think if I this part of me is like I'm gonna start driving and then the fucking rims gonna just start sparking. I'm like, I'll drive behind you for for a little bit. It's a disaster. Yeah, we'll see how it holds up. Any sparking happens, we'll just leave it at the next place and then I'll try to get it again. (laughs) Uh, yeah, let's do. Our MBC. Hmm.
0: <laughs> you are out of your off your game today. Well, I almost was
1: like, should I play this one? Oh,
0: is it a new one? Is there a, there's a DS9 one, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, there is, but like, we haven't heard this one in so long. I was like, should we play this one?
4: It's now DS9. There's no turning back Which one will
1: Camera, Kamaraki classic.
0: <sighs> um, I guess it's be- <laughs> got to be Dax, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're counting what she did for the Klingons, you could say that Kira sort of, you know, set her straight. Just go talk I, her I think she would have it. hesitated just the same
1: at the end, regardless of her conversation with Kira.
0: You could also say that uh, Odo, you know, he handled he handled the situation with the Klingons when uh, that guy was overusing his time and the, in the, uh, the in porks holidays,
1: You could Quark's say that sweets, but I'm not
0: going to say that. Okay, let's give it to Dex.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right.
3: How many Andys does this episode get?
0: I love it. Um, I don't know if it's a ten. Uh, I guess yeah. She they handled it about as close as you could to a perfect ending in terms of you know, well, this is the way you got to kind of weasel your way out of it. It does feel like she makes the turn. She's like asking Kira, well, have you ever killed anybody? Like she's thinking about it. Kira's like, it kills a part of you. And then the next thing she's like, okay, I'm in. What do you mean you're not going to let me? Now I'm going to do all these things to make you let me. And so it sort of like feels like the tether is a little bit, you could say it's understated, so I, I could see that argument. But it's just—it's just shy of where I'd like it to be, for that moment and the closure moment. Um, but I really love it, so uh, I'm going to give it a nine. Hmm.
1: I'm going to give it a six. Again, this is not really. Me saying how good the episode is or bad the episode is, but this is how I feel about the episode, which is to say, Klingons tend to bore me. But it is great seeing these three guys again, and uh, they all they all do a great job. But I always get so bored with Klingon honor because you have no honor. <laughs> I mean, I'm not not. as big a samurai fan as uh, Secunda is. That's so true. Like, the Klingons are like, well, I, whatever, space samurai. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's what I love. Uh, yeah, so I give it a six, uh, take an average episode, and plus one for the cast and, and uh, my enjoyment in seeing them again. Congratulations. Okay quick to ventura <laughs>
0: <laughs> can't we just beam there <laughs>